Welcome to Late Night Talks, a place for growth, stability, and transformation. The podcast for men and for the women who want to understand men. My name is Amy Jo. I am a certified clinical hypnotherapist, Reiki master, and a life strategist. Here, we take you to the next level of your journey mentally, physically, emotionally, and spiritually. Hello there. Welcome to Late Night Talks with Amy Cho. How's it going? I hope you're well and doing fine and staying healthy, of course. I want to welcome all the new listeners as well. So we're going to jump right in tonight. We're going to be talking about romantic relationships, chemistry, and compatibility. (laughs) What's the difference between chemistry and compatibility anyway? What happens in our brains when we feel chemistry for someone? And we're also going to be discussing the main pillars of compatibility that are needed as ingredients for a long-standing relationship. Let's say you put yourself out there and you meet someone and you find that you have this amazing chemistry with them, right? And over time you begin to feel like maybe you're falling in love. You know, that feeling, the mutual fascination with one another, you can't get enough of each other. Everything seems so perfect and nothing can go wrong. Everything's so cute and you overlook any negative traits that they might have. And it just feels like it's meant to be, right? I think it would be safe to say that most people have experienced this at one point in their life, maybe a few times, where you meet someone and you feel that chemistry. It is so strong. It is so real that it feels like you're falling. But is really love you know, or is it just a cocktail of chemicals that are flooding the brain? I did a podcast on love or limerence a while back that might interest some of you. But many people think that it's the chemistry that determines a lifelong partnership or a future spouse. And I definitely agree to a certain extent that it is important and it is essential. But This can lead to a disaster if we're not careful. If we don't start looking more closely at what the heart of a relationship is, which is compatibility, and examining these areas could save us a ton of emotional anguish and possibly tens of thousands of dollars in a divorce later on. So let's discuss what's really going on in our bodies when we get that warm, fuzzy feeling that feels like we're falling in love. What's causing this to happen? Now, I know that love is definitely a matter of the heart, but the main organ affected by attraction to someone is the brain. It's actually a concoction of neurotransmitters released in our brains that causes those warm feelings of love. It's a chemical high, basically dopamine, oxytocin, and vasopressin. 
And dopamine, as most of us know, is the main pleasure neurotransmitter of the brain's reward system, right? And when it comes to the bonding and the attachment to a person like that type of behavior, they're more closely linked to oxytocin and vasopressin, right? Then the amygdala, the prefrontal cortex, and the middle temporal cortex, these are some of the brain regions that actually deactivate when we gaze at our loved ones. And what happens is, since the amygdala has been linked to the emotions like fear and anger, right? Lower levels of activity in the region indicate less anxiety. So maybe this is why we feel so at ease and content when we're being held by a significant other during that chemical reaction, we'll call it. (laughs) The frontal lobe, which is basically what is the the mind of judgment, right? It's, it's the rationality that gets tossed right out the window when we fall in love. Decreased activity in this region of the brain causes us to be blind to the flaws of our partners. And the fact that our brain produces these love chemicals to feel love doesn't really imply that love isn't real. Of course it's real. It's one of the most authentic, pure human emotions. But this chemistry, this, this, chemical reaction. It only lasts a few months to two years before it fades away. You know, the chemicals in the brain begin to diminish. Then what happens? We start looking around wondering where the hell the chemistry went. But if you consider the foundation that compatibility provides, those strong emotions may very well carry through. And this is why it is so essential to learn as much as you can in the early stages of a relationship about your partner's, you know, maybe similarities, their beliefs, their goals without being blindsided by the passion. Because if we don't, we may find ourselves in a situation where we don't have a whole lot of mutual interests or goals, say a year or two down the road. And I believe this is why so many relationships and marriages end in divorce. Because if we don't really get along with our partner, we don't get along with someone, it's going to be very hard to be happy, isn't it? So much of the time, we bypass this very vital step because we get so overwhelmed by the passion and, and the chemistry. So let's talk about compatibility and what that consists of. It usually depends on the similarities in our partner's perceptions or thoughts, maybe values and lifestyle. You know, compatibility is basically the natural alignment of lifestyle choices and and principles between two people. It's realizing that your significant other is on the same page as you in a number of beliefs, right? And when there's compatibility, you both enjoy being together without being obsessed about what needs to change about the other person. So with that, 
there's various types of compatibilities that are most significant with regard to determining the overall health and success of a romantic relationship. So let's take a look at some of the few key areas. There are seven solid pillars of compatibility that are critical for a stable, long-lasting relationship. And if you're highly compatible, the relationship's going to feel pretty effortless. It's going to run smoothly. So the first pillar that we need to consider is core values. It's very important to understand what your deepest values are. Having the same values is a good way to build a strong, healthy relationship. Even Dr. John Gottman, he is the relationship expert and researcher. I've spoken of him in the past. He found that the quality of a partner's friendship is one of the most important factors of a successful relationship. Shared values make it easier to make those big decisions, right? And to grow as a couple. It's also important to know where these values came from. Why do you feel that way about them? How did they guide you in your life? You know, an example of some values in a relationship would be trust, maybe respect, honesty, health and wellness. Perhaps it's worth ethic and responsibility that are important to you. Maybe it's spirituality and religion. Maybe it's emotional intelligence. Now, why is it so important to have similar values in a relationship? Our values is what reveal what matters most to us. And we have powerful emotional responses to those things. And when we have similar values in a relationship, this is crucial because you and the other person are essentially on the same page about what you're going to co-create, right? What you're co-creating together. Now, the next pillar is life goals. Setting goals is crucial for people who want to advance in their life. And knowing maybe what your partner wants out of life through their goals, it allows you to become aware of maybe their wants or their needs, their desires, or so much more, right? And setting these goals as a couple is just as essential as having separate life goals. Having a purpose and a drive towards something, this is going to keep you both motivated and excited. It's always about moving towards something. It's teamwork. But if your partner doesn't have the same vision or the same drive, or if they're not excited or, or passionate about anything, it can put a toll on the relationship. Goals are what keep you connected when you have a similar vision. You support one another. You help keep each other accountable. Ultimately, really, goal setting is a characteristic of a healthy relationship. The next one is intellect. Some may disagree with this, but I find this to be very important. Being intellectually compatible is absolutely necessary. And it has not so much to do with IQ, but I do think it has a lot to do with what the conversations consist of. You know, we need to have 
interesting conversations in order to feel mentally stimulated. Otherwise, things can get pretty boring, right? If you don't have the right person around who understands you. This is part of growing. We want to have discussions that challenge our thought process and maybe that create curiosity about new way of thinking. If you feel that conversations aren't stimulating your mind, say, or or causing you to think, then it might get kind of lonely when you can't even talk to your partner or loved one about certain things that interest you. And if they aren't on your level, it really might be challenging to keep interest in them. Communication within a relationship is the glue. And if you have nothing in common to talk about, well, I think that that's kind of not a very good indication that it's going to take you very far. The next is money management and lifestyle. Now, finances is one of the top reasons for divorce. If one partner has a habit of, of spending and then the other partner's focused on saving and investing to prepare for retirement, this is going to set off some arguments, right? And cause a whole lot of distress in the relationship down the road. And I know a few people that I've worked with who struggle with this very issue. They're not on the same page on their financial goals. It causes so many problems. One might want to live a luxurious lifestyle and the other might want to live a more simple lifestyle. You know, and then you have to think about whether there's going to be financial infidelity in the relationship when it comes to the finances. Can you trust your person to not spend the money? I see it. This is another thing that I see all the time. Oh, he'll never know. (laughs) It happens more than you think. So, you know, according to a recent survey, 30% of people find it very difficult to talk about their money issues with their partner. Financial compatibility ultimately comes down to being able to communicate. You know, some of the negative red flags could be low credit scores, maybe a tendency to overspend, like I said, regular gambling. Maybe there's a failure to budget and track expenses. This is why a conversation on money management is a must. You know, how does each party feel about separate accounts or a combined account? Speaking from experience, I think a healthy decision (laughs) is to each have your own account and then have a joint account where you pay the bills or maybe save. You know, it just seems to work a lot smoother that way. You can make an arrangement on, on what goes in the joint account and then hell, you hope for the best, right? (laughs) Now, intimacy, intimacy is that connectedness that we feel in our relationships. Obviously sex and lovemaking is the very thing that help bond people together. However, there are different types of intimacy that must be considered when entering a relationship because if these don't exist early on in the relationship and these are specific needs that you appreciate you may find yourself feeling abandoned in these areas later on 
You know, there's physical intimacy, there's emotional intimacy, there's spiritual intimacy, there's experimental intimacy. And these are all little things that, that can become big when it comes to how we operate in our, in our partnerships and how our needs are met, what our needs are. You know, how does your partner express themselves when it comes to, to these areas? How important are they to you? For example, I have a friend who's with someone who's very cold, not super affectionate, and he is, but he'd married this woman and she's always been that way, but now he feels kind of abandoned because she's not feeding into his physical needs. Now, this is a problem. If one person in the relationship is experiencing closeness through physical affection and the other isn't, how's that going to make you feel in the long run? Something else to consider is asking yourself, asking your partner, how do they express love? What is their love language? What is your love language? And will that work for you? Will that work for you in the long run? Now, the next pillar is habits. This is a big one. Really, if you think about it, you can be on a journey of a healthy lifestyle, right? Maybe you eat clean, whole foods. Maybe you get up and exercise every day or or wake up at six in the morning to meditate. And it doesn't necessarily mean that your partner has to meditate with you or go to the gym with you. But looking at your differences when it comes to health and wellness may make you feel like you're not on the same page. You know, if you're a health nut and your partner is a couch potato and doesn't really care much about self-care, this could leave you feeling frustrated when one is healthy, when one has a healthy mindset and the other doesn't. And it's not up to us to change people, you know, or do they have unhealthy habits like drinking or smoking or poor eating habits? Or do they sleep super late on the weekends, wasting half the day? I'm not implying that there's anything wrong with how anyone lives their life. Not at all. However, when two people are meshing together to become one, meaning a team, because that's what a partnership is, and you're on two totally different playing fields, it's going to be a very rough game to play. And there may end up being a head-on collision. And last is family. What are your family values compared to theirs? Do they match up? Are they willing to be part of your family? How are they with their family, friends, and loved ones? You know, how do you see your parents integrating into your life maybe once you get married or have kids? Also discussing issues like gift giving, maybe lending money, or who you're going to spend time with on holidays. This is all very important. These are all significant points that need to be taken seriously if you're wanting something solid. It's different if you're out there messing around, having one night stands or flings, but not if you want to build something with someone. 
you know, lack of compatibility often leads to misunderstandings. And this is what can result in anger and frustration. And both parties might try to hurt each other in some way. So we want to take the proper steps at looking more deeply at the substance of what is going to hold a relationship together after that chemistry fades. Okay. So this is all I have for you tonight. I hope that this helped in some way. And I hope that you have an incredible week ahead. And I look forward to coming back again soon. Take care.